Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss Welcome back to the Football Rambles Guide 2. It's like an audio version of the Lonely Planet Guide if Arsene Wenger's tactics are Route 66 and the offside rule is a market in Bangkok. We're here to talk you through the brilliant, the bizarre and the bonkers from the world of football. I'm Pete Donaldson. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Jim Campbell. Today's topic is one of the most iconic corners of football folklore. It can quite literally define your relationship with the game at an early age. And in later life, it can serve as an insatiable itch no amount of bruised bananas or super eagles can quite scratch. By the late 19th century, you couldn't move for flat caps and oil-stained suits. Great times, great times. <laughs> uh, as the Industrial Revolution reached its climax and everything was still in black and white, out on the more pleasant pastures of English public schools, any two teams involved in the early games of football were only identifiable by a particular coloured cap or scarf, and whichever was more brutally violent, we suppose. Recommendation for the Harrow Governors. Any machine guns for full backs. The introduction of the FA Cup in 1871 brought about standardised rules and soon the first examples 
of uniform kits. Blackburn played in white, Reading in a lovely salmon pink, the Royal Engineers in dark red. And for about 100 years after, kits were basically used to tell the players who to pass to. But in the last few decades, kits have become among the most culturally significant items across all of football. They're a constant backdrop to almost every significant memory any keen football fan has, whether it was the otherworldly yellow and green done by Brazil on grainy World Cup footage. The sartorial elegance of Denmark and the Netherlands in the 1980s. Or an alarming number of suspiciously now bust financial institutions, Mike Ashley slapped on various Newcastle shirts during his reign of terror. Mike Ashley and Derek Lambias, you can't work with these people. We're looking at you, Wonga. Uh, is that still with us? I don't know. I, no, I think that's still with us. Um, I hope so, Pete. Hope so. Really hope Love so. Love a bit of Wonga. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever wondered just how significant football kits are to the fabric of our game, that's what we are discussing on today's episode. How have they changed over the years? What is truly the worst kit of all time? And how should the kits of tomorrow look? To us, anyway, the Ramble. This is the Football Ramble's Guide to Football Kits. Very nice, Peter. Yes. Um, as the most sartorially elegant member of the Football Ramble team, both on and off air, mm. we thought it entirely appropriate that you were to do the intro this week. Well, I do wear quite a lot of football shirts do, day do. to day. And as I've gotten older, because I've just basically put on weight, yeah. uh, I've, I've, I'm, I'm more used to wearing uh, the, the, uh, the concertinaed um, uh, laced up trouser uh, that I'm sporting right now. Elasticated. Yeah. And also the, the, the football shirt, the Common Garden football shirt. And I tell you what, they're actually quite horrible to wear day to day. I, they I, make I've me been sweat like years. you wouldn't believe. Yeah. They're designed to draw sweat out of your body. Why would they do that? Do, surely you Call you down, to... mate. Because you're an athlete. Right. Yeah. I thought it was. How to... do you not know this? I th- would, <laughs> you're in your forties. Be... Wouldn't it be better to keep the water in? Um, Jim, do you want to feel that? Water? Water? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be better to keep the water? Keep in? Keep the water in. Because then that cool you, you down, won't it? it? It's just part of you. The water will cool you um, down. Just before you have a total yeah, meltdown. Yes. It has to come out. It has to come out. Right. Okay. I find doing the Luke and Peach is very cathartic. You get less angry over time. Yeah. But can I, you, you mentioned this in the intro, Pete, and I really want to take it right back to the start. Um, mm. Although I do, I, it's fair for me to announce that the Industrial Revolution actually ended in 1840, not the late 19th century. So okay, right, fine. Dis- disappointing. Um, Didn't but, write it. Before, <laughs> <laughs> but can I just say that the kits that you mentioned there, the very start of football, to me, they're ultimately really fascinating. So I totally mm. understand why people who listen to our show or who like football haven't bothered to look at photos of, of men, it is men, mm almost invariably in moustaches yes. playing football back in the late 19th century and their kits are... A lot of stripes in there. Yeah, what do you make of it? Because uh, because to me, they look entirely impractical. Now, I know fashions change over mm. time, but it, we're talking... I'll just do a quick describer for you. Leather, heavy leather shoes yes. with nails banged through them, yeah. right? Shin guards made of some kind of very dense material with no socks. Mm. Really long shorts that you'd find people surfers basically wearing. Yeah, yeah. And then, like you say, a really striped, heavy, woolen shirt done up to the top with long sleeves mm. and a moustache. Sometimes with a cap. And also the shorts, which were known as knickers, <laughs> would, would have a belt. A belt to keep them up of your... Yeah. Of your- Got. Is it is it because sport Over your bloomers presumably is it is it because sport at that point was essentially so underdeveloped that it was a combination of like parlor games mm. we didn't have to do much yeah or 
Just running. Yeah, it's like when people go out shooting, they wear a certain type of thing. It is like they? that. It's, yeah. it's not got any practical, impl- you know, implication for the sport. Maybe it was a similar thing. Mm. Do you not? Do you not think that kind of they just made them quite striping and practical so that people wouldn't go and just use them in the normal like week? Because I mean, yeah. there was always shortage like of clothes. Yeah, like got, like clothing was quite valuable uh, back in the day. There wasn't so much disposable fashion, and maybe just wearing a, a red and white striped top made you look a bit like a convict. <laughs> so I, I kind of did a comparison with the hundred meters at the Olympic Games in mm. eighteen ninety six, which I think is acknowledged as the first modern Olympic Games. Yeah, and it's fascinating because it was won by a guy called Tom Burke, who who had the I think he, I believe he had the record right, and he he's wearing like a vest. Mm. with really big shorts. So they've acknowledged the practicality of the fact that, I guess, to run fast, he needs to wear fewer clothes. Yeah. But the great thing about it for me is, the list. guess what his listed time is to win the 100 metres and have the world record? 13 seconds. It's just 12. 12 wow. seconds? They've just gone, that's 12 seconds. That's 12. <laughs> <laughs> no minute, wow. no... Bear in mind, they all probably finish quite close to each other. Yeah. yeah. 12 <laughs> What's your world record? The hundred meters, twelve, uh, roughly. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But so, so back back then, I guess football was probably played at a vast slower pace. Mm. It was probably played played by um, by gentlemen. I expect yeah. people who didn't want to kind of exert themselves. It probably seems quite uncouth mm. to uh, to um, to to kind of ex- ex- exert yourself in such a way. Have you been watching my five side matches? <laughs> <laughs> you, I've seen you wear like you are the absolute typical guy who would happily play a full game of five side in your jeans and shoes. Uh, that, yeah, that'd be yeah. fair. Oh, the, the chafing. But he would when they dance. Would absolutely. That. Yeah. yeah. The other end of the scale. <laughs> I've been arguing this for a long time. I think for a cut final, the team should have to wear tuxedos, like yeah. made up, like your you, you kit if you have to be. Well, then rip them off special, like Hulk Hogan. No, just playing them. It's a special occasion. Well, that's yeah. another Mike Ashley thing. Remember when all the late the Newcastle uh, players would arrive for their, for their Saturday afternoon matches in tuxedos? They look fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I remember. I'm, I'm still part of me, and this this speaks to how much of a probably how much of a boomer I am. That um, it annoyed me that Thomas Tuchel and Jurgen Klopp weren't wearing suits for the FA Cup final. Yeah, well, I don't think I've ever seen them in suits. Those two in American football, it's the same. Like, even at the Super Bowl, they all just wear their training yeah. kit. Do they? And right? Okay. Why, yeah. why aren't the players doing the same? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think those older players, though, in, in, in these kits you're describing, I think there's probably there was a lot of crossover with football and rugby, wasn't there? So they, a lot of them look like rugby kits, but in a weird way, it's they almost look like jockeys. Yeah, they did. Mm. Yeah, and there was a rule at the start of the 20th century that, that I think, for decency reasons, the shorts had to cover the knee. Knickers, knickers had to cover the knee, <laughs> and that's why. And that's why they they were like that. But to to me, like I mean, you know, it's interesting when you watch. Say, um, so I was I was brought up on the on the the stories of like George Best, right? Right. So it's before I was born, but my family used to love George Best. They, yeah. A lot of them, you know, I suppose everyone loved him. And if you watch a picture of if you watch video of George Best now. I'm fast forwarding a bit through to the 60s because I'm sure not many of us or our listeners care that much about, you know, football kits in the interwar period. Mm. But if you go if you go into the 60s when it becomes kind of colour TV and mm. more 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 prevalently watched, um, you look at George Best now. So, for example, in the 68 European Cup final when May United beat Benfica, and he's doing these amazing things. Mm. And he's basically doing it on a hot summer's night in a massive jumper. Yeah. <laughs> it's like quite majestic about it. Yeah. You just think to yourself, he's got massive sideburns, yeah. long hair, a long sleeve knitted jumper, yeah. and he's playing like that. But I'm a product of of, of the nineties because, like, I watched those clips and I sort of go, "It's not proper, though, is it? It hasn't got, I don't know, Virgin Money written on his top. Like, this is, <laughs> if there's no advertising, I just sort of go, eh, it's not, I, not I as, weirdly, right. I, I know what you mean. And obviously, to another generation, the the opposite will be true. Yeah, because it will seem much purer from the past, and of course, it is. But I think so much of it is it was about when you fall in love with football, mm. isn't it? It's like seeing sort of certain kits from the nineties now. You just get this pang of 
of nostalgia. Remember, it's a great visual cue, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really, mm. really is. But back it back in um back in the um the seventies, apparently like uh, Leeds United in the seventies, seventy five were the first club that would then sell replicas of their shirts mm. to to fans. That's yeah. that's quite a reasonably yeah. modern thing. So I understand that like I suppose these days it's I mean, we, we joke about Arsenal, don't we? Becoming like this kind of fashion brand rather than like a football team mm-hmm. or whatever, or at least a, a supplementary drip daddies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it. Can you never say that again? <laughs> Blame him. But Pete can say it. This is an <laughs> annoying thing, isn't it? Like working with Pete. Pete can do something, can it? We did it. Stuff. People, you'd never hear the end of it. This is true. He he does the Donald Trump fucking thing. Does so much <laughs> awful <laughs> shit that yeah. people can't really yeah. keep up with it. Do, um, do you not think with modern kits though, like like the Arsenal ones, like? They they give you a replica, but it's very much a replica. It's not yeah. the same shape. No, it's not. Because it? football is... And rightly so. And, and it's going in one direction. At one point, I reckon you're going to have like kind of Elvira, Mistress of the Dark uh, kind of corsets for footballers. It's tighter, 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 tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter. Leicester grab all of us, Let, I suppose. Before we get into that, because that's definitely been a shift in kits, can mm. we talk about... Um, we've gone through the fact they used to be woolen. They got kind of more and more mm. kind of like... Um, more and more kind of commensurate with yeah. an athlete's performance. Breathable. In the 90s, though, and I, I feel like we cannot stress this enough, particularly to our younger listeners, in the 90s, for absolutely no reason, it wasn't advantageous to anyone, the kits were massive. They yeah, were, the yeah, shirts yeah, 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 were fun. Yeah. So in the 80s... They were massive, massive In, in the 80s, they were really tight, yeah. weren't they? Mm. So you may, imagine England playing like 86, really tight shirt, really small shorts. <laughs> Through to the 90s, it went completely opposite way, like another opposite reaction. And I remember Stuart Pearce being the great torchbearer for both those eras <laughs> and, and being quite obviously pissed off yeah. that his shorts were now so baggy. He used to roll them up. Yeah. He used to roll about five times, so they're just really tight, so he could barely fit his cock and balls in. It's not a man who wants billowing clothes. But ne- yeah. n- no, neither the 80s model, the really skin-tight, short, so uncomfortable model, which meant partly meant that Gary Lineker had to shit himself, and the 90s massive model, neither of them were commensurate to performance. No. Why do you no. think that is? Uh, well, I mean, I mean, I guess the tight ones back then, I mean, players would be drinking a lot and your little beer belly. It's kind of like you're just constantly thinking, oh, can I see my beer? Can people see my beer belly? Do I not look like a footballer anymore? They're constantly worried about their beer belly. The shorts were the worst, though. The shorts were very short. Could it be that fashion is generally, um, like mainstream fashion, certainly at the time, is generally like quite behind on where something begins in a sort of little cult thing? Could it mm. be because fans of the Smiths wore massive T-shirts uh, <laughs> and it took that long to catch up? And Daffodils at the bottom. In, in rugby, I don't think he ever put up his bum, did he? I think he did, didn't he? Oh, Morrissey? Yeah, I thought it wasn't that his he thing. He threw Gladioli into the crowd. I think he used to put him up his bum. What, the Daffodils weren't involved, were they? Uh, I think, it, wasn't there a picture of him I, I, with I, Daffodils up his bum? very confident he wasn't putting, the, the man's got a lot of flaws. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very confident he wasn't putting Daffodils up his bum. Yeah, I have to be proven wrong, though. Also, what's going on recently? You can't realistically argue we've demeaned him in his off public, public no, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just nice to get a mention yeah. where he's not being criticised for what he's said. He'd be very happy to have that reputation. <laughs> now, I think. But but um, but but the the idea about um, the big kits. So in rugby, for example, they clearly went. For, it was the same thing. Mm. It was like a universal thing. But in rugby, they went from really big jumpers and kits down to skin tight ones because I guess it was harder to be grabbed hold of. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's part of the game. Mm. In football, I just remember you're right to say, Jim. You know, you you think of an iconic kit. For me, it's the 1992. Uh, Portsmouth Goodman's kit, right? Mm. With the with the flicks on it. I mean, yeah. they were doing the bruised banana way before fucking Arsenal. <laughs> no, they, they weren't, I'm joking. But that that was right on the cusp. That was like when the tight ones are about to go baggy. Yeah. They went way too baggy in the 90s. You think of a player like 
like a small player like Julian Joachim or something having this massive yeah. shirt <laughs> bill, just literally like a sail like yeah. billowing behind running him. around in a big sack yeah on the, <laughs> crazy. On, the, on the Man United 92, 95 or 94 where they had it was baggy but then it had a little kind of drawstring at the neck yes yeah. that was and classic like, that, that was iconic dangerous. That, that green and yellow one like lots of people saw it as like one of the worst kits ever I, I loved it it was great yeah, it was great good stuff let's do, let's do United then because in 1996 Man United famously introduced a grey strip and this and this is Everyone, whatever you're doing while you listen to this, please, if you're letting it gloss over you this show, please just concentrate on this bit because mm. it is the most 90s thing to ever happen. I'm just going to read the sentence. In 1996, Manchester United notoriously introduced a grey strip which had been specifically designed to look good when worn with jeans. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, don't I make mean, the footballers do it. I, I thought when Tony Adams was dating Caprice, that might have been the most 90s moment of the 90s, but this is certainly... Well, Fabio being hit there. by the bird oh, on the roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah. Smashed yeah. in the face by a bird in a roller coaster, yeah. yeah. Um, um, the opening of Planet Hollywood. Yeah. Um, mm. Anything Marcus has done? <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's a lot. There's a lot behind this. Obviously, you know, Man United changed their kit at half time, didn't they? Because uh, they were losing three 0 to Southampton. Yeah. yeah. And, mm. um, did they claw it back? I can't remember. They did. They did not. Yeah, right. No. So um, Gary Neville spoke about it a lot, and he said that essentially, um, Alex Ferguson had employed. Um, a, a, an eye coach her name was Professor Gail Stevenson and she was from Liverpool University and uh, he, he said it's going to sound really daft this but one of the great theories around football that was presented at United at the time was that match sharpness was nothing to do with your physical fitness it was to do with your eye muscles being yeah. able to react to things happening on the pitch so Alex had this in his head before the game that this kit was a problem because he'd been told by Gail we had a full set of kit ready to put on at half time you don't take another kit to a game unless you're thinking there's a problem with it he had this in his head but it didn't come across very well right I think that's fair because it sounded like a mad excuse didn't it and let's be honest I mean it, it realistically was a mad they excuse they had enough in their tank they had enough in their squad to beat Southampton yeah. on their people, day. people think because also they lost 6-3 to Southampton didn't they people think yes. that was the game but it wasn't no, it, it was wasn't, a different yeah. game that season uh, um, let but, me guess um, I'm, I'm thinking Matt here lobbing Schmeichel from 30 yards <laughs> that seemed to happen every week is that because um, he was able to work out the angles much more easily because he's the only one that knows the he earth just is flat sees through yeah. It all, yeah. Yeah, the earth is wise. totally flat so he can <laughs> work it out but, but um, it, I thought I remember <laughs> thinking at the time this is around the early part of the time when people were understanding not early part I suppose but, I mean, so Ferguson doesn't win the Champions League with United till 99 mm. but he's built obviously he's building this dominance mm. in, in the Premier League era but he was very good at deflection so people think oh, Mourinho's a master of that but Ferguson used to be very good at that yeah. and I wonder whether at the time people thought it was just a way of just excusing the fact that they were beaten mm. but um, yeah I, it's, an, it's, an inter- it's an interesting period because that kit even now looks terrible and you can yeah. kind of understand why from what I remember, and I haven't looked at it recently, the bottom half of it was dotted, wasn't it? Yes. Which did look a bit like the f- people watching. Do you understand yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that was, that, that was the advice, wasn't it? That it, was, it was very difficult to pick the players out in the background so they would all blend into each other. And I've always maintained that Southampton don't get enough credit for beating an invisible team. <laughs> <laughs> that could be anywhere. Yeah, that could be harder. I it's think. just all these yeah. heads floating around, <laughs> trying to pour milk on them to see if they could make them more visible. There might be something in it because how many teams can you honestly think of that have got grey kits these days? Yeah, Chelsea mm. had a similarly around the same one, time, and, and uh, the England choice, away kit in Euro '96 was grey. But yeah, you don't see it that often. I think that mm. probably is why. Even if it's a bit of a myth, who knows? But it, yeah, it just doesn't seem conducive, does it? Well, welcome back to the Dell. Manchester United have. Uh, tossed their grey shirts into the laundry basket in the away dressing room and have got permission to play the second half in blue and white. Officially, we're told, it's because 
United players couldn't uh, spot each other well enough in the uh, grey shirts. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Do you remember the uh, Cameroon Unitard? Yeah, oh, that was great. Well, they, were, they were fined six points in their World Cup qualifying campaign over that. FIFA's got the revoked, but still. Say what you like about FIFA's priorities. That's really important <laughs> stuff, dude. Really important stuff. I, th- I, th- I think FIFA have dropped a massive bollock there. Like, I think you should set a, a, a set of parameters mm. and say it has to fall within these parameters, but within that you can do, do what, what you want. Yeah. Because that, that, they look, the great thing about that was they all look great. That, well... They did, but it did bunch in the testicle area, I think. They also had no sleeves at one point, which yes, was also outlawed. Yeah. Yeah, they changed it to yeah. be um, flesh colour, didn't they? Yeah. So ah, it still looked like a vest. Right, I see. Yeah. I just think, that's, but just let people uh, have fun with it. Yeah. Have fun I love because they got fined for the lack of sleeves, then they just chanced their arm with a, with a leotard kit. It's like, I love <laughs> Cameroon just trolling FIFA for a bit. But, but Why not? See, but you see, like, for example, if you see. Um, Again, going back to the hundred meter sprinter thing, they're wearing basically one like really skin tight, yeah, um, lycra. Um, so I can see why football football teams want to do it as well. But I was actually going to ask you about um, Jim because you mentioned something that really interested me, which is the idea that it really sends you on a on a wave of nostalgia down memory lane, and it's true for every p- football fan, whatever their age, I suppose. What the iconic kit was for you and the sponsor of it and all the rest of it. 
Um, I think, weirdly, one of the ones that really makes me feel nostalgic is the Blackburn Rovers title-winning one with the McEwen's Lager yeah. sponsor mm. on 995. Yeah, and obviously Newcastle's kit from around that time as well, and they had the Newcastle Brown Ale um, sponsorship. Um, so those those ones massively. The JVC Arsenal one with the uh, the weird pattern on the sleeves is f- f- from a, from an Arsenal perspective would be would be mine on that as well. Um, just yeah, there's just so many. Like I think there's this trend for retro kits now being yeah. uh, being you know being sold again, and there is something about seeing them in reality that it like you know how. You know, if you smell a smell you haven't smelt in years, it transports you back mm. to a certain place. And mm. there's something about a, there's something about a retro football kit that does but, the same thing. I think thing. if you if you follow the right uh, Twitter um, modules, Twitter accounts, they 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 throw like a lot of like retro kind of like 1990s um, uh, J League kits at me. Yeah, quite a lot. And they've almost become quite iconic for me. I'm going, I've never seen Sarasota Azaka play in a Capcom slash Nippon Ham fighter. Sorry, uh, Nippon Ham. Kit. Yeah, don't get it wrong. Sorry, the Nippon. Fighter. He's embarrassed himself. There, anyway. Yeah. The Nippon Ham Fighters is the baseball team owned by Nippon Ham, but Nippon Ham advertise on Sarasota Osaka uh, tops. Yeah, we we know that. There's <laughs> <laughs> horrible, like bright, over ground. bright pink kind of like just oh, it's just great yeah. stuff. Top, it's brilliant. Here's here's an angle for you. Is it partly that then uh, there's nostalgia is a powerful thing for people of our age? Let's take for example. The Crown Paints Liverpool kit going yeah. into the Candy kit, so mm. probably 1985 Crown Paints through to 1990 what one probably the Candy mm. kit, and then after that I think it's probably Carlsberg. After that, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. The point being, something that's not mentioned often enough in this kind of debate. Take that Liverpool um, Crown Paints kit. They had that for two seasons, yeah, two full seasons. That's yeah. amazing, yeah. isn't it? There's, there's, I think that the Candy one they had. From eighty-eight to ninety-one, maybe three seasons without mm. changing it. it used the, to be more common. Yeah, now well, crown pants now. Well, quite. <laughs> but now there's not as much time to get familiar with a mm. kit because it changes all the time. So yeah. it's part of the. For, particularly if you're a young fan, you know, I've got mates who've got kids who love football and stuff. It's kind of a. I think so. For example, John, I buy his son a Spurs kit every year mm. for his birthday because it's a new one every year. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and there's no time to fall in love with it because you're always moving on to the next thing. Yeah. So I wonder if, although they've been much more technologically advanced, which we can come on to, there's not as much time for people to fall in love with them now, I don't think. I think yeah. that's right, yeah. Because you just... You, it's not even necessarily that you are spending less time with the kit. You know the kit's temporary. Do you know what I mean? It, it seems very, very ephemeral. Mm. And yeah. obviously it's, that's how it... Pro- pro- probably in the 70s. So for example, in the 70s, I'm, 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 maybe the 60s or 70s, whatever, so take Liverpool, use them as an example again. Is it reasonable to suggest that for a very long period of time their kit wouldn't have changed at all? Yeah. It's just a red shirt. Uh, yeah, and absolutely. That's it. Yeah, even if the actual shirt was very slightly different, the, the, you wouldn't actually necessarily notice that or think too too deeply about it, would and, you? And, and that's the thing where you see sort of uh, television adverts that try and get across this kind of like fake, I'm going to say laddish culture, where they're all watching the football. They're all in someone's house watching the football on the telly, and they've all got these generic kits with no logo no sponsor on them and they're just kind of like they're supporting their team and they've got their inexplicably scarves around the neck their red and white scarves and stuff yeah. and, the, and and weirdly like logos and stuff uh, legitimise the whole the whole thing like we were yeah. saying before it just looks really it fake makes it look, yeah, yeah if it doesn't have a, if it's not commercialised if you've not got Visit Rwanda uh, <laughs> more, more on that later yeah. <laughs> uh, on the arm it, it, it doesn't look right but also ultras as far as I know everywhere don't wear colours anyway. Yeah. Do they? So like you won't find like ultras in, you know, whatever team. Like mm. I mean, I mean, I mean, I've been to loads of games where there's ultras 
European ultras or whatever. They don't mm. wear. I mean, you, you remember the Eintracht Frankfurt thing in the in the Europa League final where they all had white. They all wore white. Yeah. Mm. So that 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 wasn't them wearing the shirt of the team. They were just whiting out the whole end, yeah. weren't they? Mm. So we are team who plays in white. Yeah. It's quite rare for ultras to wear if not unheard of for them to wear the actual shirt mm-hmm. or whatever. That just doesn't happen. So it's kind of interesting kind of dichotomy there. But but um <laughs> do you know that the first ever European shirt sponsor came in nineteen seventy three and it was Eintracht Braunschweig, who I think were a different team to Eintracht Frankfurt. Um they had a deal with a local alcohol producer and they were sponsored by Jägermeister. Oh. And, and can I just say this is a complete fucking tangent, but I don't care, I'd need to say it. I saw a guy yesterday with a Jägermeister tattoo on his arm. Like the actual logo, you have know, the, the, the kind of deer yeah. on it. The, the kind of, like, has it got a deer on it? Like a stag? Yes, I, think yeah. the, the, has, like, yeah. I saw him have it. It was a really nicely rendered tattoo, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it was a Jägermeister tattoo. There's, there's yeah. no coming back from that. No. Well, 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 speaking of uh, stags, um, a lot of people sent in uh, this particular kit as a, as a possible stinker. Uh, 1978, the Colorado Caribous uh, must be a contender of the worst kit. Kind of a, it's kind of like a, a Native American vibe, kind of it's, like like cowboy kind of look sorry, yeah. with a, tassels a, on the end of it. A technical question there. What was your link? Was that link stag through to caribou? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I couldn't work yeah. it out. I thought you meant stag do. Thing. I thought you <laughs> stag meant do. stag do. Yeah, oh, fair, fair, the, the, fair. The tassels on the shirt of this, they're almost like you might the tassels. expect to that's find... Gonna, people, that's that's going to jar with people yeah. listening. Oh, yeah. yeah. Tell them about the so tassels. There are tassels on the midriff. Yeah. <laughs> Which look like the sort of thing you might get hanging off an eighties lampshade. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's like it's an achy breaky shirt, isn't it? Yeah. Really? And it? But it's but apparently the tassels were so long they actually had them cut down because people were just grabbing hold of them. Yeah, <laughs> the time when you could grab shirts just out of curiosity. Oh, that's a nice that tassel. Bit. I'm well surprised. And I agree, it's an awful kit. Uh, it's, it's so so bad. The colour of it's that really horrible, like late seventies, like beigey brown. Yeah. brown. But um, also, um, one thing I'm surprised we've not seen yet. You know, there's like a fa- I'm going to sound like the world's oldest man here, so feel free to laugh at me. You know, there's a fashion now for people to wear like pre ripped jeans. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's been going on for a while. Yeah, quite. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically a way of just, you know, being a little bit more mm. kind of, I don't know, like, is it provocative? Is it kind of interesting or whatever? Why have we not seen shirts that have got like see through bits? Because the well, players like are all ripped, aren't they? People nip nips. The players are all ripped. Maybe not a nipple, maybe that's too far. Maybe just <laughs> a little kind of stripe across the. Well, where the tassels were. Yeah. The midriff, the tassels, under the tassels, why not have a see-through bit? Can you? Can we make a see-through material? Like, um, um, in, is it possible? Sorry, Dr. J- Dr. Campbell, what was that? <laughs> can we make a see-through when, material? When Bruce... No, but like, a, it's glass, a wearable see-through glass, material. Glass yeah. kit. That's yeah. what you're saying, <laughs> yeah. is it? Shards yeah. everywhere. Like glass. gorilla glass you see on a mobile phone. But I tell you what, if it's an important game, do what they do in the pubs, plastic. Just yeah. loads of just loads of uh, slashes <laughs> slashes in it. Yeah, like little people. Like when uh, Bruce the Barber Beefcake became like the booty man, he just he just wear more and more revealing trousers until you just see all of his ass. Again, we just know a all bit this. of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jack Beresford got in touch on uh, Twitter. We were asking uh, like what, what kind of new kind of technology would you add to in a uh, future kit? kits? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jack Beresford, cheaper edible shirts. <laughs> I, I like the fact that he's went cheaper. As if edible shirts already exist. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're very expensive. They're very. I've very, seen the edible ones. I can't afford one. They're too bougie. Uh, so it looks like a normal shirt, but it's actually made out of stitched together Doritos and has a built in shirt pocket containing a dip that matches the team's colours. Liverpool get salsa, Tottenham get sour cream and chive. He's, he's working backwards from the most uh, sensible ones. What's Newcastle? Licorice? I don't I mean, know. If it melted down. Licorice and marshmallow? Everton mince. <laughs> oh, a, ca- a, ca- a kit 
made of Doritos and sour cream and chive. It's just, it's just <laughs> fucking disgusting. I well, love it. For the money they earn. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Luke Plunkett, the great Luke Plunkett's uh, come in with, he wants uh, Velcro sponsor patches. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, but yeah. they have become, so I, I find it fascinating that like the, the apparel companies that make the kits mm. are forever saying absolute fucking amazing bullshit in press releases about what yeah. the kits are doing. Like, yes. Yeah, this yeah, new yeah, technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and, and they'll call it something like, it's a bit like a shampoo advert, right? Yeah. The, mm. the shampoo will go, shampoo advert will go, try this new shampoo. Why? Because it's got Aquasphere, isn't it? Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know about them five seconds it's ago. Just, it was just a bubble, though, isn't it? So yes. That's a bubble. Football kits are the same. It'll yeah. be like, try the new permafreeze cooling system. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's just a fucking shirt. How's that even possible? It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. work. It can't, can't be a thing. Because although, because you mentioned this at the start of the, of the episode, Pete, talking about how it's harder for normal people to buy kits these days because obviously we're all a bit fucking fat compared to them mm. and they're so skin tight. But you know you can... The, the ones you can buy, generally speaking, aren't the ones the players wear. Yes. Yeah, but you yeah, can buy the ones the players wear if you want to, they're yeah. just more expensive. Yeah, and stupid. Have you ever seen anyone buy one of them? No, no. I, I mean, I don't hang around Sports Direct necessarily, but much. But can you get them in Sports Direct? Actually, booing through, through the door. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, uh, some, actually, um, you know, nowadays we've got technology like e-ink displays and stuff, very light, very low battery, low energy aware. Yeah. And a lot of footballers wear those little bras with the performance uh, yeah, things, do, yeah. indicators in there uh, for every match. Um, a lot of people, uh, Charlie Baker and uh, Connor, uh, has come in with an idea to um, like have like live heat map or performance colours or that. numbers. So the number on your back corresponds to how fucking hard you're working. So if you're on a one and two, you've got to like play yourself back into the game and everyone can see how shit you are and everyone can see how many thing, how, how little running you've done, how few passes you've made and stuff. Live stats on your back. I, I love the idea of that. <laughs> it sounds more like a pitch for Black Mirror though, doesn't it? <laughs> doesn't but you know, like, I reckon about five or six years ago, there was a move towards people getting properly obsessed with stats in football. Right. And all these companies came along and started offering you like what they were called, quote, second screen Thing, yes. yes. So it'd be like these companies with websites would go. Well, while you're watching the game, mm. pull up our second screen on your iPad or whatever, and you can look at all this stuff. Mm. And no one really wanted it, did they? No, no <laughs> one really kind of got stuck into it. I, I kind of felt a bit. I felt quite felt quite happy about it that people were actually wanted just to watch the game. Yeah. And I know people will scroll on Twitter and get involved in the conversation around the game, but I don't think that kind of really in-depth stuff is, has got that big an audience as people I think. I guess it's not going to work because in-depth is exactly the, the point, point mm. isn't it? You can't really do something in-depth while you're second screening it. But if, but if you're in a, a football stadium and there's someone next year and he's got a real vendetta against a particular player, oh, it's the whatever worst, reason, that, it's the worst. It? And, and, and so like to see his figures being quite high... Uh, regarding everything he's achieved in the match, I think it would be quite heartening. Psych and test, might... mate. Psych test. Psych test. Eye test. Stats it. don't tell the whole story, do they? The eye test. <laughs> yeah. What are you suggesting that people who don't like stats also vote for Brexit? <laughs> pretty much. Jim, is yeah. that what you're saying? I'd, I'd, I'd need well, to see the data pretty much on that. Pete, do you hear what Pete said? Yeah. Yeah, completely agree. <laughs> he's, he's not bothered. He's <laughs> not fucking frightened of it. <laughs> Pete, Pete what, what would you, so what would you do for a kit? Before we go, what would you do for a kit? Because we haven't mentioned the classic, that Spanish team, is it Locker CD, who had that shrimp kit? Yeah, I've got that shrimp kit. Yeah. Oh, you've got and it, I, and I've got I've got that kit that looks like you've had all your skin flared off. Oh, you had it when we were on tour, didn't the you? The muscle yeah. one, yeah. The, the, the shrimp one you had. I lost it for a while. I found it on top of a cupboard. Regina had one that was like a sort of um, marble effect torso. Looked <laughs> horrifying. Really, uh, I weird. actually really like the Spurs one, which is the marbling. Right, which it's like the away one from this season. Right, okay. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's got. It's almost got the. Um, it's hard to explain. 
but it's like it is marbling, but not mm. what you're talking about. It's not, not it's not like the Arsenal bloody bandages one. That they've got <laughs> yeah, the bleeding marble. The bleeding marble. <laughs> I quite like that in a weird, fascinating way. Although it should should never be white for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, can we have a word for Jorge Campos? People yeah, yeah. like he's like five foot six goalkeeper. Designed he designed his own, his own kits. kits. But what people often don't realise about that is because he was five foot six, he made himself look like you know when animals evolve to make to look like they're poisonous when they're not. Mm, he, yeah. he sort of did it to like put opposition strikers off and just make yeah. himself stand out. Yeah, well you were saying that if you were to take a um an arrow and rub it on that kit and fire it at a striker, you'd kill him. I reckon, <laughs> yeah, I mean because you, you've you've fired an arrow at him, so yeah. But it's poisoning die quickly. Well, maybe. Well, go- goalkeepers yeah. get away with some horrific kits simply because they're 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 the, the man apart. They they um the all the Labatt's forest kits from like the nineties mm, were yeah. absolutely dreadful. And you had like I really enjoyed the uh, big Shaq Islop uh, Tyneside skyline kind of one from back oh, in yeah. the day. I was I, a big I, fan of that. The, the goalkeeper kit is uh, was a huge indicator for me as a kid about whether I used to like rate a keeper or not. And it right. used to be like. If they cut off the sleeves and just had short sleeves <laughs> and the gloves, that always looked really good. Yeah. <laughs> it was like amazing. Dimitri Karin trousers? Yeah. <laughs> oh, trousers. Listen, the final word has to go to goalkeepers wearing White trousers. Pants. Diff- definite Dictionary definition of a shit keeper. <laughs> <laughs> what dodgy. There was a Crystal Palace goalkeeper who used to wear, was it Kirai? Kirai, yeah. He used to yeah. wear them quite and late on. Big. Baggy. Yeah, what's he L- doing? Ludek looked looked a bit dodgy with uh, when he used to wear Karine as well. But yeah. back in the nineties, yeah. it was kind of a little. You're bit not running different. around as much, so you're probably yeah. a little bit colder. I guess it makes sense. A bit more protection when you're diving as well. None of it makes sense. No, <laughs> none um, of it makes sense. Can we just have a quick word for Hafnir as well, who sponsored Everton for about five or six years? They're yeah. a Danish tinned meat company that didn't sell products in the UK. <laughs> it's good stuff. International international audience. Yeah, exactly. international product these days. <laughs> They're up there with the the Sega Jeff United top. Um, thank you for listening to the Football Rambles Guide too. We're going to be back with plenty more of these throughout the summer and we want you to tell us what you'd like us to explain. Does a certain quirk of football keep you up at night? Keen to hear us reminisce about some of the great and good and god-awful from the history of the game? Let us know. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Show at footballramble.com That's show at footballramble.com or tweet us at footballramble with your suggestions. And we'll see you next time. That's our gentlemen. Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.